0: Welcome up, Isaac Weaver. Hey, all right, so 15 minutes. Okay, so I'm Isaac, and um, yeah, I get to tell you a little bit about who God is through through my life, and um, so I'll try to do it fast. I'm just going to tell a little a little portion of my life, but I'll just say it fast with skipping a lot of details. So um, yeah, yeah. Uh, God has perfectly expressed who he is, and he did that through Jesus Christ. And that man, um, there's something about him that pretty much it seems in the Bible, and I think with us, that like um, every, almost everybody, if not everybody who encounters him, um, their expectations of who God is and who they believe God to be, they're just seriously messed with. They're seriously conflicted with. And uh, I think it's that way for all of us, and it's certainly the way it's been for me um, in my life. So, all right. Um, My parents were both Christians before I was born, so I grew up believing in God and Jesus. Um, When I was 14, I had this experience, and um, I was uh, just very deep into a sin. And um, I actually felt like I heard God tell me, not audibly, but I heard like I felt God tell me, don't go down that path. If you do, it's going to lead somewhere that... That's bad and uh, and I went down it anyway And uh, so I was 14 and it was at nighttime climbed up on my top bunk laid down to go to bed And I felt a demon land on my leg and that freaked me out because I wasn't used to feeling demons land on me And I knew that it was because of my sin and I knew to turn to god And so I did and uh, at that time in my life the lights came on and um, The light is different Than the darkness and you know john the apostle john said this is the message that we've heard from the beginning that god is light and in him is no darkness at all and that's what i began to experience and i knew god was good i began to be able to worship him i began to read the bible i wanted to follow him and i didn't know tons of things but I, i like i was different the lights were on i was open about being a christian people would around me would even persecute me for it um but um You know, we can believe in God. We can believe in Jesus and even have experienced him and somewhere along the line start to miss who he is, even when our our life is based on him. And um, uh, I started to look around and well, I just kind of without thinking about it, just looked around and I didn't see. So I didn't grow up in a Christian community. I wasn't a part of a church that wasn't a part of my lifestyle. That wasn't a part of the way I viewed life. So I didn't have like my view of what Christianity was was different and when i looked around me i didn't see other people my age who had experienced god the way that i did and so i thought a part of me thought that i was somehow better that i was somehow a spiritual prodigy not everybody's having these kinds of experiences with god but i am and like a part of me just kind of thought that way and which is totally different than the cross i kind of forgot that when the lights came on in my life when god came in it was when i was just slipping into darkness because of my own choice because of my own sin and i didn't do anything he just came and did it he poured out this security and this joy and this activity this interest this awareness this life that wisdom and he just did it to somebody who was just going into the consequences of their own intentional purposeful sin and so i For some reason, just didn't see that, forgot about it. I don't know. It wasn't maybe ever fully aware of it. But um, so at that time, I also began to experience um, mental torment, intrusive thoughts. I would see images in my head that I didn't want to see. Um, I began to have fears and doubts about my salvation and reason that there were certain external things I needed to do to prove to myself that I was saved and i just had a lot of fears and doubts about sin and like things i shouldn't do and um things where i felt like even like i had without giving details just for time's sake i felt like god said that that's not a sin and i was like well can it be for me because sometimes our emotions our thoughts our logic even the bible even when we read the bible our circumstances it's so compelling it's so compelling that we want to go that way but but who Jesus actually is, it's not an easy thing to accept. Or, I mean, it can be. But um, for me, um, I was so... So so my life just became this horrific... Like, my mind was just filled with torment all the time. And uh, and it, I, I, I believe that it was a uh, demonic attack. And um, I didn't tell anybody about it for because of pride, because of fear. And um, anyway, so... Inside it was just this hellish experience eventually found myself in my room on my knees on my face calling out to god to take these things away from me and To my left. I heard a voice not audibly, but I heard a voice and uh, in essence what it was saying was uh, The devil's doing these things to you because of god because you're following god So just take a break from god stop praying stop reading the bible Just ease off and then these things will start to go away The devil's not going to mess with you then And later, when things settle down, you can go back to God, and you won't lose your salvation. And to my right, I heard, like from my right, but also from the inside of me, I heard just scripture. And um, it was just several scriptures just coming up inside of me, and I think what a lot of them were from... I'm going to read the section that I think a lot of them were from. It's from Peter, 1 Peter. So it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him. Firm in your faith knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore you, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. And uh, so I felt like what I was hearing, it was just the word of God, just the scripture. And like God wasn't taking these things away from me the way that I wanted him to. I was expecting him to take it away, to do something to take it away. But instead I was hearing in essence like like son hold fast don't give up keep the faith you're going to come through this if you do hold fast and on the other side i heard that same thing just take a break from god later when the devil eases off then you can go back to god and i went with what the enemy said and i prayed that god please forgive me i'm going to take a break from you i'll come back when i'm older and please please don't let me lose my salvation and so that's what I meant and uh, pretty much stopped reading the bible stopped praying stopped wearing a cross around my neck because I didn't feel like I was worthy to wear the cross which just shows you how ridiculous it is like the the cross itself isn't something you the nature of it isn't something you deserve to be associated with it is your salvation from from death from sin so anyway went through high school most of high school like that and you guys probably all aware of like you know what life is like when you do that just the darkness the dullness the shallowness the emptiness the bitterness the being offended the sin the hardness of heart the foolishness but uh when i was 18 because and, and i would hear god i would hear the holy spirit telling me to come back at various points in my life and mostly often what i would say is god please forgive me i'll come back later and had some experiences with, with God, you know, where I felt his heart. But so finally when I was 18, I decided to go back, went into my room, knelt down, prayed, God, please forgive me. I want to come back. And I didn't feel anything. And that scared me because I was expecting to feel the Holy Spirit, to feel the presence of God. Something like, oh, welcome back. You know, I've missed you. I didn't feel that. So that scared me. And so I prayed, God, please, please forgive me. I am sorry. I want to come back. And I did not feel anything. And um, that terrified me. It terrified me. And I thought, oh, no. I've said no to the Holy Spirit one too many times. And I've I've lost my salvation. And I'm going to live the rest of my life, maybe in my 60s, my 70s. And then I'm going to die. And I am going to spend eternity in hell. That is very likely what is going to happen to me. That's very likely... I'm one of those people that that has happened to. And uh, I had this little tiny sliver of hope that maybe I can squeak into heaven if, if I never sin again. If I determine never ever to sin again and try my hardest, maybe I will squeak into heaven. And so I wanted to please God, wanted to please Jesus. And it's so ridiculous because he's what I wanted, but I was utterly missing him. I was utterly missing the cross. So anyway, I determined to do that. And all of that mental torment, all of that emotional torment came back, and it came back, um, I felt like, with a vengeance. It was more so intrusive thoughts, images I didn't want to see, words I didn't want to hear inside of my head, um, accusations against who I was, thoughts telling me I wanted to do things to people that I didn't want to do, um, fears, doubts, um, everything was a sin, anything that could possibly be stretched In a sick person's imagination to be sin to me was possibly and probably sin. So um, I had no hair on my knees. My knees were callous because I spent so much time on my knees asking forgiveness for the most ridiculous things, the craziest things. And then I would stand up and before I could leave my room, more thoughts would fly through my head. And I would think maybe I need to ask forgiveness for those and would be back down on the floor. So my life was just hellish. It was hellish in this pursuit to be pleasing to God, to my maker, to this Jesus Christ, who I believed was Lord. My life was hellish, and it became hellish to my family. It was very dark and painful for my family, but I didn't care. I was so compelled. Our emotions, our mind, our way of seeing things is so compelling that I would rather hurt my family in order to keep myself, to make sure that hopefully I make it into heaven. It's... (laughs) It's just Completely different than who god is But um, so I had to see so I started seeing a psychiatrist started taking medication about that time in my life I went to junior college and met up with some people I knew from high school and um, Some people that they knew and some of these people were christians But they were happy And they liked god and I could see god in their life. I I knew it was god like to me that like i've experienced god that's god but they were happy they felt secure with god god was somebody i I knew that god liked them i knew that god was with them and so i wanted to be around them i wanted that and uh some of my friends you know they you know the bible talks about the gift of discerning of spirits and you know so they would see um You know different things And I was afraid that they would be able to sense that I was damned And I I wasn't certain that I was damned But I thought that it was like that I very well might be and I was afraid that they would somehow feel that or feel that I was possessed or whatever it was And um, so anyway I began to hang out with them more and more And um started going to church and they treated me with love and I knew that god was in their lives and when they loved me, um, you know, it lets you know that, that God loves you. And so um, things began to change. God began to deliver me from evil. Like, that's the way that Jesus prayed. When you pray, pray this way. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from all evil. And God began to do that to me. And I began to experience um, the, him. I, be, I was able to worship him. I used to want to worship him, but I couldn't. And um, I began to know that He loved me. I began to know He's He's in me. He's changing me. This is the light. It's the light. It's different than darkness. So anyway, the part that I want to get to, because I think it's something that God wants me to remember, and these experiences He's given me, I think like it's kind of like a gift. Like you can be thankful for it. You don't have to use everything you've been given. Like so, in the present, when I'm going through. Whatever feelings I have in the present, whatever circumstances I have, whatever thoughts I have, whatever seems logically true to me in the moment, I can remember who God has shown himself to be to me if I want to. I don't have to. Those could just be a beautiful thing that I share at story time. Um, Or I could believe them even when everything is telling me, no, be terrified. You know. Make yourself right with God. Make yourself right with people. Make yourself right in your relationships. So, um, in any case, uh, so, ah, I have a little bit of time. So, I went to, I was invited to this dinner party. By this with this older couple they had kids. they were also inviting uh, these foreign exchange students who were like around my age I was just in my early 20s So I went and I don't think that they were christians. And so I thought well, i'm a christian God's doing these amazing things in my life. I'm I should tell them about god I should tell them I should shine the light. So I went there and I was embarrassed And so I didn't and then I felt ashamed about that And so i was like, well, i've still got more time in the night. Maybe I will later And I didn't because it was embarrassing And so I thought jesus said that if you're ashamed of me before men i'll be ashamed of you before my father And so it's like oh, no, so i'm feeling condemned on the outside i'm acting nice and polite And talking and on the inside i'm just totally condemned and feeling like i'm, you know, like Just signing my My death warrant and just uh, uh, Okay, that's 15 minutes. That's 15 minutes. Uh, Okay. All right. So Um, so then I thought okay, well, maybe when it's time for dinner i'll ask if I can pray and that'll be like a testimony And so dinner time came, and I didn't ask. And so I don't know if it sounds comical or light, but to me, like, in my mind, that was, like, I was just so condemned and so angry at myself and so frustrated. And I thought, well, maybe later in the night, and I didn't. And uh, they asked me if I could drive the foreign exchange students home, and I did and didn't say anything. And I got home and parked in my parking lot, and I was there in the car. The car was dark. The night was dark. I was alone alone. In the dark and I just said like god, I can't I want to but I can't God I want to but I can't do it and I felt like I was just like on like a stone floor and There I was so I got up and went into the house and just went into my room It was all dark. Nobody else lived. Nobody else was there And I just fell down on my knees on the bed and was just crying like god. I can't I can't do it. I want to. I can't. And um, all of a sudden, I just felt, I describe it as as a hug. Like I just felt like something come around me. And it was just uh, love. It was just security. It was just peace. It was just this incredible peace. And I felt it for a few minutes and rested in it for a few moments before I let my mind start to get worried about things again. But it was at that moment where I was utterly a failure that he came and uh, just embraced me. So, um, yeah, yeah.
1: I'm second. Um, oh, my notes don't show my clock at the same time. Hmm, okay. Uh, so, um, my name's Todd. If you know me, um, you know that at about 8 p.m. when my children go down, I hold myself up in my garage, and I play with rusty tools. Um, I really enjoy tinkering with old crap and making it new and shiny and functional and valuable to the world, or at least to me, Um, again. And I'm going to talk about that for a little while, and then later on I'll tie it in. Um, So, yeah, I have... An incredible passion for old industrial machinery. 1920s, 1930s, 1940s. Um, there was a time in our country when people made beautiful machines. They cared so much about their appearance. They cared so much about their functionality. They cared tremendously about everything that they put into it. And the margins had to be tiny on what they actually got back out of that. Because today, um, if you walk into any sort of industrial environment, you'll see very big, sterile-looking things that work great, cost a lot of money, um, but uh, offer no real aesthetics to them at all. Um, And I think about that, uh, and, and I think that I'm driven towards that, and I think that I'm passionate about that because... I view that as how God views us. I think that God views us from an incredibly aesthetic standpoint, as well as an incredibly functional standpoint. Um, I think that... um, I'm going to deviate for a second. Um, There's a song. I'm not musically oriented, um, if you watch me during worship, I'm probably just sitting here, and it's and it's not me being stoic. It's just because it's just not something that I relate to God with, and that's me. Um, but there is a song called My Glorious, and there's one line in it that says, talking about God, All you ever do is change the old to new. I can't say that I've ever related to lyrics of a worship song Except for that one Um, When I think about What God does In all of us in our lives um, That's exactly what he's doing and it sounds limiting right all you ever do Is change the old and new there's a lot to change Um, We are pretty crappy Um, but we weren't designed that way. Um, We do it to ourselves. Other people do it to us along the way. When I pick up any given machine, I can look at the history of that machine and say, that operator didn't know what they were doing, and they crashed it into this, and now it has this massive chunk out of it. Or this thing was left in a very human environment and has rust all over it. Or somebody didn't grease or oil it properly and now all of these things are worn and torn up and non-functional and it just doesn't work anymore. Um, What drives me to spend hundreds of hours on any given thing, just sitting there, polishing away, tinkering with it, is... The same concept of all you ever do is change the old to new. I think of my life. I think of who I am, what I've gone through, the things that have been imposed on me, the things I've imposed on myself. Um, And I think of God just sitting there polishing away at me, um, re-oiling the things that need oiled, scraping off the things that need scraped off, painting the things that need painted, um, reconfiguring the things that I've thrown out of whack, um, or other people have thrown out of whack in my life, um, and I really get a kick out of it. I'm sure that you guys have all seen, you know, the the whole like social media pictures of like the before and after. You know, uh, if you're HGTV or you know anything like that, you always you know you always see that. And you're like, man, like I, the person's vision to you know see what was inside of that and, and to bring it to this. Um, that stuff gets me. Um, but I think that that is, that's what's God, God is doing, um, right to us. Um, I think that, I think God places attributes of himself in all of us. Um, I think that one of our greatest achievements can be to acknowledge what that attribute is inside of us and to actively work towards, giving that back to the world. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe that I have all of God's attributes. I don't believe any of you have all of God's attributes. Um, but I've got some of them. Um, and I think that we all have some of them. And I think that mine is redemption. Mine's restoration. I think that God has put inside of me a desire to see redemption of his creation. Um, that comes out tangibly in me, um, with doing the things that I do with my spare time. Um, Joe Granado comes over to my house sometimes and sits in the garage with me and he's like, all we ever do in here is just sit and polish metal. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's all that's. And, and I think of that as like, I don't know. That's my that's my worship music. That's the way that I'm connecting to God. That's why I go overboard and spend a ludicrous amount of time um, trying to bring something from its state of worthlessness to the world's eyes to the state of something of great value, at least to mine. Um, and that's a key component to there is that the only I that matters when it is looking upon, um, the work that it's doing is the one doing the work. Um, and, and keep that in mind with God because man, when he looks at you, um, and the work that he's doing in your life, that could be a very different perception than how the rest of the world is viewing the work that he's doing in your life. Um, I know that's true with me. Um, I know that's true with, so much. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I like to tinker with crap because I think that God likes to tinker with crap for the sake of making it better, for the sake of making it valuable, for the sake of making it, um, good again. Um, Yeah.